Hello and welcome to The Growth Business, a business podcast sponsored by InCloud Solutions, the center of excellence for mid-market ERP software business by design. I'm your host, Lucy Thorpe, and guess what? We're still in lockdown, but we carry on regardless. It's been a tough few weeks for a lot of businesses, not least of all retail, which has seen record falls in sales figures. There have been bad headlines for names like Debenhams and Kath Kidston. Fashion has almost ground to a halt, but for many it's not been as bad as expected. Supermarkets obviously, but those with a solid e-commerce setup have also been well placed to take advantage of all that spare time we now have. Well, some of us anyway. That's why this week I'm talking to David Conn, customer and e-commerce director at Heels, the high-end furniture store. Obviously it's closed right now, but its e-commerce site is doing pretty well. David is an e-commerce veteran and has led operations at Waterstones and Snow and Rock, as well as spending time at Borders, Blacks and WH Smiths. David, welcome. Hello. So despite the lockdown, when it comes to e-commerce, has it been pretty much business as usual for you? Did people move seamlessly online? Uh, As you mentioned, Heels uh, has had to close all of our stores in line with pretty well every other non-essential retailer in the country. That was pretty damaging for our turnover. And what it's meant is that e-commerce has assumed even more importance than it used to have. We previously accounted for between 35 and 40 percent of the company's turnover. Now we're accounting for 100 percent of the company's turnover. It's important that we drive as much revenue as we possibly can. So we do need to be bringing in cash and revenue. The fact that people are so comfortable shopping online must have been a big benefit to you. We've certainly found after an initially very slow period when I think people were coming to terms with the whole coronavirus issue and where traffic dropped off quite sharply, we've seen a very strong recovery in customer traffic and we've also seen a recovery in conversion. So we're now driving significantly more traffic than we were this time last year and we're also driving higher conversion. So All in all, we're driving a much greater number of transactions. Uh, We have had an issue with average order value because we've temporarily suspended all of our two-person furniture deliveries. And what that means is the profile of our transactions online has changed from one where those higher ticket furniture transactions would normally account for 50 to 60% of revenue. They're now accounting for a much smaller proportion. So we're reliant on our homewares, our lighting, and some of our smaller furniture items, which we can still deliver. In terms of our offering, we were planning to run our mid-season sale at this time anyway. And what we've done is we brought it forward by a week and we're extending it by a week just so we run with the more uh, aggressive pricing for a longer period of time. We've also pushed free delivery. I think it's only fair when customers can't click and collect and when people are tied to their homes that we offer free delivery. But other than that, our offering is much the same as it would have been at this time last year and would have been this year had all of this not taken place. The fact that people are so comfortable shopping online must have been a big benefit to you. For sure. Look, online penetration is huge. You you won't find many people in the UK who don't shop online for one thing and another. 
and you'll find plenty of people for whom online shopping is their primary form of purchasing. Certainly right now, that's definitely the case. What we've seen in furniture is there are certain product categories which lend themselves better to online purchasing and there are certain that lend themselves worse. So for example, we have struggled with sofa. Now, sofa is a category where most customers really like to come and feel the quality, feel the comfort levels, feel the fabrics. So we find that even with online sales, an awful lot of those have been influenced influenced by an in-store visit. Similarly, mattresses. In order to choose the right mattress, you really do need to try it in store. You need to feel whether you want firm, you want a medium or you want a soft. So those have always been problematic categories for us online and obviously with the two-person delivery restrictions that's become even more problematic on the other hand homewares things made out of wood um, so cabinetry chairs etc we've always found they've been stronger online and that has proven to be the case through this crisis we've seen some very significant growth in some of our product categories for example garden furniture to, to take an obvious one We've seen some really big retail winners and losers, haven't we? There are clearly some product categories which are suitable for the crisis. So obviously food and drink, fitness has been a very strong category. Home electricals has been a strong category. Uh, and then strange things like music. I know that the online music retailers, instrument, instrument providers have had fantastic performance. So there are a lot of things that people are buying now to look after themselves or to amuse themselves through the break. The things that are suffering, clearly fashion has been the big casualty of this. With the best will in the world, the market who are typically buying fashion, they are far less interested in it now because they're not seeing their friends, they're not going out, and so they're not purchasing. In terms of other areas of loss, in, I mentioned for us the issues with two-person furniture, with larger furniture. I'm very aware that some of our competition are struggling badly with this because customers feel uncomfortable buying this or they simply can't get it delivered at this point in time. So there's been some temporary shifts and who knows, there may even be some permanent shifts in the way that people buy things and the things that they take an interest in. A lot of people like to say that things have changed forever. I mean, how much do you believe that? I think it's a modest shift. The progress of retail, the progress of purchasing, the things that people buy and are interested in, I don't fundamentally think that that is going to change. So take fast fashion. Everybody's predicting that fast fashion will die, that everybody will see the futility of it and the waste and the environmental damage that it does. It's possible there'll be a small shift, but teenagers, young adults will still want to buy clothing. They'll still want to buy clothing cheaply. They'll still want to go out and show off to their friends. I, I don't see that there's going to be some fundamental social change in that regard. I think where there is more likely to be change is in channel and whether you call it medium term or long term I think in the short term there's going to be a lot of reluctance to go shopping in the way that we have gone shopping in physical stores take our flagship which is in the center of London I don't see that customers are going to be flocking back to central London anytime soon they're not going to want to get on the tube they're not going to want to get on the train so I think we're going to find it a little difficult when we reopen that shop particularly and some of our other shops because people will remember social distancing they'll probably feel uncomfortable 
uncomfortable for 12 months at least going into places where there are a significant chance of rubbing up against other individuals. But in the long term, I think it's probably just accelerated the move towards the direct, the digital channels. People have found out that they work. People have found out that they can shop comfortably. They can get the information they want. They can still even make the returns that they need to make. So I think it won't have fundamentally changed things, but it might have accelerated the shift from physical store retail to digital retail. So project restart, getting back to normal. How are we going to do this? Well, we are already looking at the stages of our emergence from the crisis, and that will start when we're able to make two-person deliveries. I think that's imminent, if not immediate. Uh, I think we'll find a way of being able to safely make two-person deliveries that protects both our teams and the customers that we, whose homes that we visit. I think the opening of stores, or the reopening of stores, is, is a more complex matter because a store brings with it a lot of fixed costs. Obviously, you've got the rent and the rates, some of which has been mitigated by the government and by landlords, and you've got staff. But if you're running a 25,000 square foot store, you've got to have a minimum number of staff on the shop floor. But if the business, if the number of customers that are coming in is half of what it was or 60% of what it was, then you're simply not going to be making the same turnover or revenue from that store than you would have previously. And for most retailers, the physical stores are borderline profitable. We've seen, obviously, over the last few years, my career has mainly been in store retail, but you've seen store retailers closing in great numbers because they simply can't make the economics of running a physical store work and that's only going to become more difficult if fewer customers are visiting and it will only be the strong retailers who can sustain this period of low customer visitation and low turnover whilst they're still having to carry the bulk of their costs. So for us, we're looking at how we can reopen the stores, how we can minimise the costs of running them while still providing the levels of service that our customers expect of us. But we certainly are not budgeting to make a return to the sort of turnover levels that we were managing before the crisis anytime soon. That will take some considerable time before customers are coming back in the numbers that they were previously and that they're purchasing to the extent that they were previously. With this long-term shift online, it does mean that you have to have the technology to back it up though. Does that mean that the winners are the ones who had it all in place before? There are two things that I think are critical right now. One of which is that you have a strong proposition, that you have a brand that means something to customers and you have a product that means something to customers. The technology to some extent is, I'm not going to say it's irrelevant, but as long as you can fulfill the basics of presenting your retail store, managing orders, fulfilling orders, then I think you're set enough as long as you have a strong brand, a strong identity, strong product and strong service. The side where I think technology is more interesting is that of marketing, because that's the second key element of digital retail. It's not enough just to have a shop. It's not enough just to have a strong brand. 
you've got to find a way of getting that brand to customers. And I think those people who will come out of this the best will be those who have the most efficient and effective digital marketing. We've certainly found in this period that there's been some significant economies, for example, in pay-per-click advertising. We've also seen that social advertising has become cheaper, not least because a whole heap of people are advertising to a far lower extent than they were previously. Travel companies, fashion companies, etc. But having a strong proposition, having a strong brand and having a strong digital marketing platform to me are the two critical things at this point in time. I'm not sure it's the companies with the best web technology or the quickest website who are going to be the ones that succeed. It, it's the ones with the strongest proposition who can reach the most people, the most cost effectively, who are going to be the ones that see their way through this. Has anything surprised you or panned out in a way that you weren't expecting? The big revelation for me has been website traffic. The start of this crisis, it really looked as though customers were uninterested in buying the things that we sell. We saw traffic, not, not exactly plummet, but really drop off, and we saw conversion drop off. However, that recovered incredibly quickly as people came to terms with the situation and realized that they still wanted to buy things that would enhance their time at home, because for sure, people are gonna have an awful lot more time at home and we're well placed to do that but the growth in traffic the amount of traffic we've been able to buy via pay-per-click advertising via paid social and the amount of traffic that has arrived organically has been a real revelation for me the other thing and I think it is interesting for our business is we have always been a very furniture orientated business although we've sold homewares and lighting very successfully we've always considered that our bread and butter is furniture. But what we've seen during this situation has been that we've taken far more homewares and lighting transactions than we could ever have anticipated. And I think when we come out of this crisis, there'll be some interesting questions for us as to where we put our marketing effort, where we put our marketing dollars, where we put our product development effort. Because as I say, that our focus has been on furniture. Our focus to a significant extent has been on the stores and particularly the flagship on Tottenham Court Road. But what we've seen is that there is a lot of latent demand for the things we sell that probably we'd underestimated prior to going into this particular crisis. Now, I could be proved wrong with all of this. And as soon as we come out of it, we find that that demand falls off as people get back into their normal routines, if and when they ever do. But I think that that the amount of traffic we've been able to drive and the amount of business we've been able to drive in what we would have called our secondary categories have been two significant revelations for, for us. Thank you so much, David. I know you're busy, so I'll let you go. Thank you. That's it for this week. Join me again for more lockdown chat on The Growth Business.